launched a company in 2011 called Archive Social, now serving over 1,500 customers, paying on at, well, at a minimum 2,400 bucks per year. Healthy economics, 6% gross logo churn per year, getting paid back in under 12 months on a deferred basis, almost instantly on a cash basis because it's all paid up front. And again, selling into governments, helping them stay legally compliant with their social media posts via their archiving feature. Basically bootstrapped, raised 500 grand early on, 50 to 100% year over year growth today with this team of 50 people based mainly in Durham, North Carolina. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Anil Chavla. He's the founder and CEO of a company called Archive Social. The technology ensures that organizations can maintain legal records of their social media and is most often used to promote transparency in government. In 2017, Archive Social collaborated with the Obama White House to launch the first ever archive of presidential social media. Anil, are you ready to take us to the top? I sure am. Thanks for having me. All right. Why is this kind of concept important? Well, we look at something like social media, it gets a lot of attention, even now, uh, certainly in the early days, grabbed a lot of attention. And now it's just a part of how we communicate, how we interact in society. And we, we pay attention to the here and now, uh, how you make money with it and so forth. But anything that becomes that integral to how we operate also has this other side of policy and legal concerns, particularly for our business. And that side has to be addressed. And so walk us through how your software addresses that. Sure. So our, our typical customer is, is actually an organization that's, that's, that tends to be in a regulated environment. A lot of the work that we do is with government agencies. And so as they're communicating, uh, as the city might communicate and put out information about a local crime or during a, a disaster, uh, these tweets and these Facebook posts are, are, are government record. They're important communications that could lead to inquiries in the future through public records uh, requests or through litigation. And so our software is a, a SaaS-based SAS offering. It's a, it's a cloud-based service that automatically captures that content, keeps legal record in the background, and then helps these agencies pr- produce that information if and when they need to do so. And give me a general idea. I don't want to go down every customer cohort, but on average, what's an agency paying you per month for this kind of tool? We're fairly inexpensive overall. The majority of our customers sit under 5000 annual. Okay, got it. Got it. That's fair. Good. So 5,000 annual. And then give me a give me a bit of a background. By the way, that would be what? What is it about 400, 500 bucks a month? Something like that. That's right. Yep. Do you bill only annually or are there monthly options? We we do present a monthly option. But again, most of the work that we do is with government. And uh, it's, a, it's a great vertical for the other entrepreneurs out there uh, who may not think of government as a sexy market. Uh, they actually do tend to pay upfront annually most of the time. So yep. the vast majority is annual. Just more efficient, right? Absolutely. All right. Give us more of the backstory here. When did you launch the company? So I started working on it in 2011. It really came out of my interest of building apps on the social networking APIs. I built a Twitter app and a Facebook app and I was experimenting and uh, had this idea, had a set of ideas around keeping social information until I, uh, one day I stumbled upon compliance. 
And as 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 aspiring entrepreneur trying to come up with a good business idea, nothing seemed better than uh, going into a space where you have to do it. And so compliance uh, definitely has a lot of a uh, lot of importance and, and value there for for agencies. And it's a great uh, area to build a business because you can build a very very sticky product. And so I put together that interest of of building social networking apps and applied it to this problem domain of compliance and, and ultimately land on archive social. And what have you scaled to today in terms of total agencies paying you? So, so the number we put out there, uh, we put out a, a pro- nearly 1,500 government agencies, and those are agencies we work directly with, uh, ranging from cities and counties generally, but uh, can include law enforcement, federal agencies as well. And have you built this kind of from the ground up bootstrapped or have you raised capital? So we took uh, a small amount of seed funding. Uh, last funding we took was in 2015, but but under half a million in cash. So the vast majority of what we've done has been bootstrapped. And why? So so why why take a little? Like why why only like dip your toe in the pond? Like either you don't get in the pond at all, or like you cannonball in. Why just a little bit? So the, when the company first got off the ground, I was a, a solo founder, and my first funding was through an accelerator program. And uh-huh. so that that initially started the seed funding and. And when you're in an accelerator program, uh, the mark of success is how is raising more money, which we is ridiculous. Not, it is. So we ended up not raising more money, but ended up taking cash here and there when when a strategic opportunity uh, lends itself. A good example would be Steve Case's Rise of the Rest tour came to town, uh, and it seemed like a smart idea to to get uh, Steve uh, involved with the company, uh, and and we thought we could use the cash at the time. So we took these, we dabbled in, in, in those seed funds. But ultimately, we had revenue from day one and, and getting the annual paycheck up front from almost all of our customers um, put us in a position where we really didn't need that funding and haven't needed it since. Yeah. I mean, and I can do the math. I mean, if you take 1,500 agencies times a $400 per month price point, that puts you at about 600 grand per month. Or if you do them only annual, that's about you know over $7 million annually. Are those numbers generally accurate? So we hold revenue revenue close to our chest, uh, and, and certainly we have customers that sit at, at various price points. But okay, well, yeah, I mean, look, I'm just multiplying your numbers. The first question I asked was, "What's average revenue?" And you said five, and then I said, "How many customers?" You said fifteen hundred. So, which one of those numbers is not accurate? Well, the majority of our customers uh, fall under five thousand, but but the average is, is is elsewhere. So that's one one of the things that we hold close to our chest. Uh, Wait, I don't understand. Sorry, I don't I don't understand what, what you mean by that because an average is typically the average. So, so <laughs> talk me through why that's different and why it's lower than five grand. Yeah. So, so this is kind of a, a common dance with uh, outside inquiries. And so when, when I get asked the average question, I actually just say, well, most of our customers pay us under 5,000. So not really our average. Uh, we have cohorts look at other price points. We have, we have, we have larger customers like the New York cities of the country that, that have, that, that drive a lot more revenue. Yeah. So we hold the revenue close chest, but ha- you know, happy to share that customer. Well, let, let me, the reason, so actually the real reason I ask is if there's people listening right now that want to try the platform that maybe are inside of a government agency, they know the, the least they can spend to get started. So maybe that's a better question. Do you have a freemium product or what's the least they can spend to try it? Uh, they can try for free for 30 days. We have a sample Yorkai feature, and then the actual lowest price point is about 2400 annual. Okay, and what do they get for that? And so they get uh, full access to the platform. What we do at, the, uh, at our various pricing tiers, we base it based according to the volume of social media you generate. So are you generating 1,000 records or 10,000 records? We put you in the right tier, and that tier is the lowest tier of 1,000 records mm-hmm. a month. Yep. Good. Listen, I won't push you harder on this outside of just saying 1500 times that minimum price point puts you north of, you know, 3.6 million annually. Is it fair to give you credit there and say you're just north of that and we'll leave it at that? 
Sure. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Uh, churn. Uh, a lot of other companies that I've interviewed that sell directly to governments like Seamless Docs comes to mind. Uh, tell me their churn is just so low because once you get through the long, long sales cycle, you're in. Do you see that same pattern? We do. We do. A great benefit of government. And then on top of that, having, a, again, a compliance product adds to the stickiness. Yep. So, so can you, I mean, can you share that? What, what is your, you know, churn annually? Yeah, it's approximately under half a percent a month. And so annually, you know, the five to six percent is where we land up. And you, you measure logo churn or revenue churn? Both ways. And so, so the variance is actually between the two. So <laughs> sorry, there, there is no variance. They're about equal. Uh, they're, they're in that same range of five to six percent, yeah. which, whichever way you, you measure it. And, and walk me. I hate focusing on the negative, but I'm curious. The, the people that do churn, why do they churn? You know, it's most oftentimes it comes down to, well, uh, even though it's a compliance requirement, we're not using social media as much or budgets being constrained. It comes down to that. We do have competition in our space as well. And so between those two things, if there's price pressure from a walk me through this, that what that sales cycle looks like, what's your team size stay and how many of those folks are focused on sales? We're over 50 people and more than half of the team is in sales. Oh, wow. Uh, and so we employ standard SDR, uh, AE model. Um, so we have folks reaching out um, to set up the meetings. Now, again, core to what we do, and this is, this is really helpful in government, is that we do take that first call as a uh, consulting type call of, of let us inform you of the issue. We don't sell the product whatsoever. Uh, try, to, try to work with that prospect to get them to agree that this is actually an issue they care about. Uh, and if not, that's okay. We'll revisit in the future. Um, but after that first call, if they say, yes, this is a need, the way we're using social media is valuable. There is legal risk. There's a legal requirement. We would like to get your product. Then we have that second, that second step. And, uh, and then from there, we, we work through the various steps of, of getting internal buy-in. That's certainly, certainly, uh, a, a part of the complexity of selling the government is that there's multiple stakeholders. Uh, and then we try to simplify the purchasing process as much as possible. So we, we predominantly sell to government. So our, so all of our process is set up to, to make it easy for them and, and having a low price point also helps keep the sales cycle uh, uh, much shorter than you typically see in, in, in this industry. Where is the team based? Is everyone in, in uh, North Carolina? We are 100% in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, great. That's very good. The little research triangle down there. Are you in that research triangle? We, we are. We're in downtown Durham, actually, just, oh, good. just uh, down the street from Duke University. Okay, yeah, it's a good spot. So you have a nice, probably a little recruiting engine coming right out of the university. You know, we try the, the research triangles. You, you know, you know the, how this place is named. There's so many companies around here, but but certainly a lot of talent in the area. Yeah, you mentioned sales cycles are are sometimes shorter because of the lower price point. Walk me through how you think about the economics between CAC and and your CAC payback. What do you spend to acquire customers, and and how patient are you in getting that money back? Like like a lot of SaaS businesses, we we follow the the rule of thumb of, of payback in under one year. Okay. Uh, obviously, uh, without us raising outside funds, that's that's especially important uh, since we do not operate on a burn. Um, and and so it, it is very important that we stay lean in, in how we operate um, with a low price point. There definitely has to be an efficient system in place, and so something that we we certainly pay attention to. So you Neil, what do you peg your CAC to today? It, 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 it's it's right around that sort of one year type mark. We try to keep it right right there. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, so look, as a bootstrap company, that's that's even that's tough to ma- even wait twelve months so to get that back. I mean, how how are you? I guess a lot of it, the cash is actually coming up front, even though the deferred revenue it'll give you a twelve month payback, right? That's that's exactly right. We we really pay attention more to the cash flow than anything else. Yep, yep. And and that twenty four hundred bucks you're spending on CAC, which is one year of ACV, is most of that going towards kind of salespeople commissions, or are you doing a lot of paid spend? 
You know, the mix is changing. Uh, you know, for, for, for the early part of our company, we were very, very sales oriented. But as you scale, uh, you need to find the efficiencies. And so certainly we're, we're investing more in the, in the marketing side and, and the paid acquisition. Mm-hmm. And then another question here, you seem like a very rational guy, but when you take your churn, which is very, very low, if you just do the usual kind of lifetime value economics, you could make a rational argument that they're going to stay with you for a very long period of time, call it 200 months at a $200 like price point you could per month, you could say that's worth 480K in lifetime value, which is obviously irrational. Um, how do you use lifetime value as a, as a, as a guiding metric? Um, and make sure that you don't lie to yourself on accident. <laughs> hey, I really like the way that you put that. Uh, uh, it become, becomes kind of silly when you when you look further on that. There's there's a truth to it, but it's also something that you don't uh, you don't bank on. And so we still pay attention to the cost of acquisition and, and the here and now. The lifetime value makes us feel a little bit better if we're pushing up against uh, you know the, the 12 month period. Um, it helps in, in some of the broader decision making of. Are uh, certain customer cohorts are they worth it going after certain big fish? Uh, ultimately, they'll have that long lifetime, so it helps in that broader decision making. But for the operational aspect of the business, it's managing that cash. Yep, very good. Last question before we wrap up with the famous five: What's growth look like today? What are you growing at year over year? So, so we keep our growth kind of the high double digits. Okay, got it. So, so you're talking like north of fifty percent, but less than one hundred percent year over year. Right. Okay. Right. Very good. All right, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one: What is your favorite business book? My favorite business book is uh, High Output Management by Andy Grove. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? It's funny. I'm actually reading another book by Peter Drucker, kind of an old, old one, but uh, The Effective Executive is a book that I just picked up and it's uh, been really good to hear. It's very actionable guidance. So is there a CEO that you're currently following or studying? I wouldn't say. I mean, like Elon Musk is in the news a ton and I'm a fan. All right. Num- <laughs> number, th- number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Favorite online tool for building my business. I'll keep it simple. Get a web presence, WordPress. WordPress, good. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> you count in hours. Yeah. Uh, probably about between four to six. Four to six. Okay, not bad. So we'll say five there. And then what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? I'm married with two young children. Two. Wow. Okay. So, um, okay. The five hours of sleep makes a little bit more sense there. And Anil, how, how old are you? I am going to be 36. 36. Okay. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think my, I wish my 20, 20 year old self knew how much responsibility you get later in life and to maximize each day in and out, both on the fun side and, and on being able to, uh, to really develop your skills and abilities for the future. Guys, start early when you have less responsibility. You heard it here from Anil again. Uh, launched the company in 2011 called Archive Social, now serving over 1,500 customers, paying on at, well, at a minimum 2,400 bucks per year. Healthy economics, 6% gross logo churn per year, getting paid back in under 12 months on a deferred basis, almost instantly on a cash basis because it's all paid up front. Again, selling into governments, helping them stay legally compliant with their social media posts via their archiving feature basically bootstrapped raised 500 grand early on 50 to 100 percent year over year growth today with this team of 50 people based mainly in durham north carolina and neil thank you for taking us to the top all right thank you